Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. It's Room 104. It's Cormac and Saoirse here. We've talked about some of these kind of topics before, in particular BDSM, which is a kind of uh, fetish or kink and involves kind of dominatrix stuff and submission. But why do people get into it? Because if you've seen some of the, uh, not necessarily the myths, but some of the generalizations around it, that if you're into that kind of stuff, being whipped and being dominated and all that kind of stuff, was there something wrong with you when it comes to your past? Like, are you trying to account for some trauma or does that explain having a dodgy upbringing or a strange childhood? Does that lead you into a BDSM kind of lifestyle? Well, people have asked that question in a uh, scientific approach. And joining us now is a lead author of a paper that was entitled The Psychology of Kink, which is looking into the relationships, the past relationships and the history of trauma and different things when it comes to BDSM interest. Joining us now, fingers crossed, I get your name some way right because I do not want to start this off on a bad foot, but as a psychological counsellor and scientific researcher when it comes to this uh, area, uh, Alana Shuregan, is that in any way... Uh, yeah, kind of. Ah, again, how would you pronounce it again? Skugwegen. No, no, my fault, my fault. But listen, you're very welcome to F104 and thanks very much for popping on the show tonight. Glad to have you here. Thank you. Now, I'm really interested, obviously, in your research. What exactly did you find when you were studying BDSM? Um, well, um, maybe I need to uh, need to elaborate a little bit more. Uh, we're with a whole research group. Um, who chose BDSM as a research topic, especially because of, you know, the whole Fifty Shades of Grey mania. Um, so we we, um, we noticed that a lot of people um, started to show uh, some interest in BDSM, or at least were kind of curious about it, um, following after the Fifty Shades of Grey mania. Um, so but we also noticed that there were a lot of misconceptions about BDSM uh, in the general population. So that means um, in, in people who, who don't share these interests. Um, so one of the uh, one of the misconceptions that we uh, that we wanted to uh, to study was uh, whether people who who practice BDSM who, or who share these BDSM interests, uh, whether they experienced uh, some sort of trauma, uh, whether it's physical abuse or sexual abuse in their uh, childhood or in their past, whether these people are um, uh, insecurely attached in relationships. Um, so, and we actually found um, quite the opposite, um, to be honest. Uh, so we found that uh, some 
people who practice BDSM um, admitted that they had experienced some sort of trauma earlier yeah. in their lives, but not in their childhood. Sorry, just to jump in there as well. BDSM, could you explain one what that stands for uh, and what it entails, just in case people are listening? Because I always know I've yeah. had a vague idea of what it might entail, but what's it stand for and what, what, what does it involve, I suppose? BDSM is actually an, uh, an acronym uh, for Bondage and Discipline, Dominance and Submission, and sadomasochism. Um, so it's a mouthful uh, yeah. to actually say, um, um, yeah, people who um, who like to how do I how do I say this in an, in an easy way? Um, it's first of all, it's a consensual form of sex. So these people put a lot of trust in each other, um, and they um, they like to um, to add um, some sometimes pain stimuli. Uh, in their sex play, um, or or they like to uh, submit themselves to uh, to their uh, to their partner or uh, dominate their partner. But to many of, of these people who who practice BDSM, it is more than only a sexual preference. It's often also a lifestyle. Um, so for some people, um, it has a lot to do with sex. But for other people. Um, it, it hasn't. It's it's a lot more than that. It's about that bond that they share. I found it really interesting when you said that it's not necessarily from childhood trauma, but more adult trauma. So what exactly would you be talking about? Um, so a lot of people um, who, we, who we questioned and said that they experienced trauma in their adulthood said that they experienced physical beating. But... I, I have to make a sideline uh, to that. We aren't really sure whether they actually mean sec- uh, mean physical violence, yeah, mm. uh, physical beating, physical violence, uh, or if they if they were were indicating the the physical beating during BDSM play. So that's okay. something that we're not that we that we didn't get quite uh, quite clear. Mm. Um, so that's something that future research should, should really look into. So the stereotype, uh, maybe the myth around it was, you, if you're into BDSM and dominatrix and submission and all that stuff, you had a messed up upbringing and you're saying that that may not necessarily have been the case. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, we, we see that a lot of people think that you... Um, you have to have psychological problems to be interested in BDSM. You have to um, have experienced some some sort of trauma. Um, you must be kind of, yeah, to be to be frankly messed up if you like that sort of stuff. But we see that that's actually not the case for most people who practice BDSM, and and that's it, it's really important that we do this this research because we we also see that the people who practice BDSM. Or who um, who who talk about these things with uh, with peers or people um, people in their in their in their environment, they often get dis- discriminated because of their BDSM interests. And also, like as you said, Fifty Shades of Grey films such as that might glorify it a little bit. Maybe it looks kind of ro- romanticizes the idea of it, and then I'm sure there's people that try it and maybe don't necessarily like what they. Experience. Yeah, it's kind of a yes and no story. Um, Fifty Shades of Grey does indeed romanticize it, um, but it also creates a, a, a wrong image about BDSM. If you if you take the main character, Christian mm-hmm. Grey, who who is the the um, the 
BDSM practitioner is also again a person um, who has has experienced severe childhood trauma, yeah, who had um, physical physical beatings, um, mm. who who was neglected uh, by his mother, and also is a person who who can't really um, attach himself to other uh, to other persons in a relationship. So that that again um, mm. points to the whole misconception about BDSM. Yeah, no, when that film did come out, I remember a lot of girls, a lot of my friends kind of thought, this is a really attractive man. This is what we want from a guy. And I think a lot of them may have tried it because of that character that he was portraying. It was was obviously a very, very handsome looking man, a a wealthy man, a rich person. Um, I think if the the character of Christian Grey would have been uh, poor and not so good looking, um, I don't think the whole story would have been such a success. (laughs) That's obviously not reality. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. It'd be a completely different story. It'd be Fifty Shades of just miserable, ugly man not doing it for for anyone, <laughs> anyone at all. Um, but Alana, you talk about obviously one of the conclusions that your study found was that obviously it's it's the stigma or the stereotype may not be may not be true, and that there's some negative stereotypes around there. Why do you think BDSM is such a stigmatized practice where if you are seeing it still today, people would be it's still very taboo. It's still a little bit, you know, awkward. It's not obviously openly talked about as a, as a quote unquote normal thing. Why do you think it has been stigmatized so much? Um, I think because people most of the time associated with um, the, uh, the aspect of the physical pain, the, the, the beating each other, the inflicting pain on another, when, when in reality that's only such a small part of BDSM. That's that's what what, uh, what what people in general are confronted with the most. That's what they remember about BDSM. That's also what the Fifty Shades movies are about, um, and that that confirms those um, those stigmas, those prejudices about BDSM. I I, I think it, it's very important that that people um, learn more about uh, BDSM as what it really is, a consensual form of sexuality, a healthy form of sexuality also. Do you think that more men are into this or women or have you found any difference between the genders? Um, I think one of the main differences, um, but I don't think that's such a surprise that uh, dominants are most of all men and uh, submissives are, are most women, um, but there are also uh, also women who are dominants and also men who are submissives. Um, but uh, and then was there um, anything else either interesting or strange that popped out of your research that you thought was worth mentioning? We we also uh, researched. Uh, we also studied actually um, the attachment styles of, uh, of of people who are interested in BDSM. Um, there are, um, generally speaking, there are four kinds of attachment styles. Um, so an attachment style is how you, um, um, how you yeah, attach yourself, um, to, uh, to, to a person with whom you have a long lasting relationship and yeah, people who stand near to you, uh, family, friends, uh, lovers, one of those attachment styles is obviously the secure attachment style and is viewed as the most healthy attachment style. These are people um, who are able to, um, to 
to getting to long-term relationships, um, who, um, who have healthy relationships. And then there are also two anxious uh, attachment styles, and those are people who need a lot of uh, a lot of confirmation from their partner. Uh, they also want they always wonder whether their partner truly loves them, truly cares about them. They're they're always afraid to lose their partner. Mm. Um, and then uh, the the the, uh, the fourth is an avoidant attachment style, and those are people who um, who don't get into long-term relationships. They they keep people um, at a distance. Um, and what we saw in our research is that um, people who practice BDSM um, have a more have a more secure attachment style than the people who didn't practice BDSM. One of, uh, one of the possible explanations is that um, you have to really trust your partner yeah. um, when, you, when you practice BDSM eh, because of the, the activities, because of the, the, the very strong bond uh, you engage in. So to, to, to be able to trust your partner, you, you, need to, um, you need to be very healthy. Yeah, you need to be attached in a very healthy way. Uh, to your partner, it's kind of logical when you when you explain yeah. it like that. But the, when you when you when you would ask um, someone from uh, someone who, who doesn't share an, a BDSM interest, they would think the opposite. Yeah, I mean to be honest with you, I would have completely uh, thought the opposite. But as you've explained it, yeah, you, you you have to be confident and secure in your relationships. People listening here going, "I'm not into BDSM. I'm a freak." You're like, "Yeah, well, you've got years of therapy ahead of you to sort that out." But um, uh, obviously not though but listen Alana it's been an absolute pleasure the research is really really interesting and I said it was completely kind of flipped to what I think I and you know someone who's probably listening right now would have thought anyway and um, where's the best place to find either your research or what you're doing online or your social media handles you want to give a quick plug to um, yeah I'm uh, I'm active on ResearchGate um, it's kind of uh, the uh, Facebook for researchers Oh, lovely. <laughs> Everyone has, uh, every researcher has its own profile uh, where we all share our uh, research. And there's also uh, the website of the University of Antwerp, um, where there's also um, a little piece on um, the, uh, the general um, BDSM research line. Brilliant. Thanks so much for, for joining us, uh, psychological researcher Alana Schugenregen which I hope I've improved. But again, I apologize profusely. I'm so sorry. I, I will get back to you. We'll do this again sometime and I'll nail your surname. But listen, thanks a million for popping on FM104 today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.